Verse number one, if you're there, say amen. The Bible said, God in His Word said, My wine is a mocker and strong drink is raging and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. The fear of a king is as the roaring of a lion. Whoso provoketh him to anger sinneth against his own soul. It is an honor for a man to cease from strife, but every fool will be meddling. The sluggard will not plow by reason of the cold. Therefore shall he beg and harvest and have nothing. Counsel in the heart of a man is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness. But a faithful man who can find. The just man walketh in his integrity, and his children are blessed after him. A king that sitteth in the throne of judgment scattereth away all evil with his eyes. And who can say, I have made my heart clean, I am pure from my Sin, the wisest of wise is writing here. And we understand that Solomon has penned uh, this portion, this proverb under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost of God. And in these nine verses, the Lord give it to me like this. Out of the nine, which testimony is thine? Out of the nine, which testimony is thine? Would you pray with me and pray for me tonight? Father, we do love you. And Lord, we thank you one more time, God, for an opportunity, uh, Lord, to stand behind, uh, Lord, this pulpit that you give me. And uh, God, open the Scriptures, the Holy Word of God. I pray tonight, Lord, that you feel me. Give me power and option. Oh, God, I can't preach without you. Uh, so, Lord, please, God, as you've done so many times, put your hand on me. I pray, God, for anointing and power. I pray, I pray God, for that oil, Lord, uh, God, that only you can pour out. Please, Lord, uh, preach with me and preach for me tonight. And God, for what you do in me, through me, and for me, I'll be careful to thank you and praise you for what's said and done here tonight. Lord, please do that work that only you can do. God, move on me. Uh, God, use me tonight for thy glory, for thy honor, and for what you do. I'll kindly thank you and praise you and glorify your blessed Holy Holy name, which is above every name, God. Please, Lord, do it one more time. In Jesus' name and for His sake, and all God's people said, Amen and Amen. You may be seated uh, this evening. And again, briefly and quickly, uh, by way of introduction, it is here uh, uh, where God, through His Word uh, and the wisdom of the proverb, uh, has demonstrated, if you will, a type uh, and a picture of nine different types of men, nine testimonies that God has given us in these nine verses. We said at number one, the Bible said in verse number one that wine is a mocker and strong drink is raging and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. This man is the man of false hope. He's been deceived into thinking uh, there's hope in something other uh, than Jesus Christ. Uh, may I remind you tonight, I won't re-preach it, uh, but Jesus is our only hope. Uh, uh, listen, I don't care what you're going through. Uh, it doesn't matter what you're dealing with on the outside uh, or on the inside. There's problems in this room uh, uh, that nobody knows about. Uh, sir, there's problems.
problems with you uh, your wife don't know about it. And wife, uh, there's problems with you uh, that your husband don't know about. But let me tell you something. Just because men can't see them does not mean there's not a remedy and there's an answer. God Almighty is looking down, the Bible said, uh, and He's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Uh, and He, hey, somebody ought to act safe right here. He cares where we are. He cares what's weighing us down. He cares about our burdens. He cares about our affairs through in life. He cares and there is hope. But number two, we said, not only do we see the man of false hope, but we see the man of folly. The Bible said in verse two, the fear of the king is as the roaring of a lion. Whoso provoketh him to anger sinneth his against his own soul. I'm not talking about little kings tonight, but the king of kings and lord of lords. May I say, friend, life and death, both here and in eternity, God has taken life and changed it a many times. But my friend, as much as we ought to shout that He's turned our life around, somebody ought to help me tonight and thank God that He turned our eternity around. We was born in condemnation. We was born into sin. We was born in the wrath and the judgment. Under the wrath and the judgment of God, we were alienated. We were blind. We were hopeless. Hey, somebody, can somebody go back and say, I remember the day that God changed my direction and He gave me a new life and new hope in Him. Well, I'm talking about the King of all kings. Why would anybody deliberately disobey Him and provoke Him to wrath? You've got to be a man of folly. Then thirdly, we found the man of foolishness. It is an honor for a man to cease from strife. How many of y'all know somebody that loves problems? Well, you might as well say amen. If you don't, I need to hang out more people that you're hanging out with because I know a bunch that love problems. Drama. Come on, somebody. I mean, I, I, I know people that love, if they can dig their nose 45 miles deep in somebody else's issues, they will. Yeah, come on, preacher. Come on, help me somebody. I'm talking about, and, and I might stop here and re-preach if I got to, but I'm talking about if you see something on the, uh, the 6 o'clock news, you heard about it three days before from this so-and-so. They know everything about everybody and everybody's problems and they know everybody's uh, prior, uh, mistakes and situations and who's been hired and fired. Listen, I'm going to tell you, as kindly as I can begin tonight, you need to learn to mind your own business. A man that's a meddler is a man that's a fool. Right. A fool. That's the word of God. I don't like that preacher. We'll talk to God about it. Amen. The Bible says it's an honor for a man to cease from strife. But every fool will be meddling. And then fourthly, we see the man that's feignant or lazy, yeah. a do-nothinger. That word feign, fate, means does. And neant's a French word, means nothing. It literally means does nothing. And we talk more on the spiritual side of that. I hit the physical side of it a little bit this morning. But we talk more on the spiritual side of that. And the Bible said, The sluggard will not plow, verse 4, by reason of the cold. Therefore shall he beg and harvest and have nothing. You can't have something when you do nothing. Say amen. Fifth of all, this morning we looked at the man of focus. 
Verse number 5, the Bible said, Counsel in the heart of a man is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Isn't it good to know tonight that God has filled your heart and your life, your mind, your soul, your marriage, and your church uh, with the wisdom and the counsel of the Word of God? Is anybody in the building tonight? I'm talking about, thank God you're at a place where you don't just get a pat on the back and a handshake and rewarded for your attendance, uh, uh, but you get the Word of a living God. It's rare in this day to go to church uh, and leave out fed and full. Uh, you say, preacher, I'm not really getting fed. Well, in my defense, not that I have to defend myself, but the only reason that you couldn't be getting fed here is if you come in and you've already filled up on something else or you keep your mouth shut uh, because I ain't given nothing but the Word of God. And if the Word of God can't feed you and fill you, good neighbor, nothing will. I'm glad to have the King James Bible as the Word of God. Man of focus, what goes in you ought to come out of you. You dig in to the deep well of counsel and understanding will draw it out. Then six of all, we looked at the man of flesh in verse six and then we looked at the man of Faithfulness. So technically, I guess I got ten testimonies, but nine verses. Verse six said, Most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness. That's exactly right. But a faithful man who can find. I want to ask you one more time. I won't re-preach it, but is there anybody could could God look at you and you be counted as a faithful man tonight? God look in your life and say, without a doubt, they're faithful. I'm not talking about just showing up to church three times a week. That's, that's a blessing, and you should. But when no, I preach this morning on when nobody's looking. Hello? Amen. When nobody's looking, can God say that you've been faithful? And seventh of all, that's where I really want to pick up and say a few other things here. I want you to see a man with a solid foundation. A man with a solid foundation. The Bible said in verse 7, the just man walketh in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. Now this is where God stopped us. And this is where God wants to start us again tonight. The Bible said the just man. You know what that is, don't you? That's the Christian that's really a Christian. That's not just the one that says a lot with his lips and does nothing with his hips. That's the one that puts his feet on the ground that, put, that, 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 that ties his bootstraps up every day. That's the one that wakes up and the first thing he does uh, and the first thing he says is to God, that's the man, my friend, uh, that's really living a Christian life before the public and behind the scenes. The just man. Bible said this, my is a just man exempt from troubles and trials and making mistakes? No. The Bible said this about the just man. The just man falleth seven times. But it don't stop there. And he riseth back up again. Ain't you glad? Thank God uh, that we can walk in the wisdom of the Word of God. We can set our feet on the solid rock. Uh, there is a foundation to be built upon. Uh, but listen to me tonight. It does not come through vanity. It does not come through uh, uh, some kind of performance. Uh, it does not come through knowledge. Uh, uh, but justification and sanctification comes from living 
came from within the pages of the Word of God. And the just man can live his life and walk in integrity. But here's the best part. And his children are blessed after him. Now I use Brother Shelby as an example. How it's important for him to keep his head screwed on straight. And be just. And walk in sanctification, justification, separation. Because now I went back to how his little boy, when I first met him, didn't know how to say holy nothing but cuss words. Because that's what he had heard and learned. Are you listening? But now, thanks be to God, he does not have the, the drunken, brawling, wild, crazy Ishmael as, as his father anymore. Right. Ishmael was a wild man. That's what he was. Shelby was. Ishmael was wild. Are you listening? And so now I, I got Brother uh, little Wesley up here in this Erica, and I said, look at the difference in the future. His children, because God has saved him, and if he'll stay right with God, and stay on the right course with God, and live a life that God can look at and say, that's a just man, his children will be blessed after him. Right, amen. What we do in moderation, our children will do in excess. That's a fact. Whether that be good or bad, whether you come in shouting, or you come in sobbing. Whether you live a life of justification or you live a life of rebellion, I'm here to tell you, and I know there's, a, there's, an, there's an exception to this rule. Some of y'all uh, didn't have uh, biblical uh, godly roots and you turned out, but what, say, what happened? God started rebuilding the structure and the roots of your family with you. I would say somewhere down the line, you probably had somebody that knew God in your family that you didn't even know that prayed. Oh God, give my family and my generation to come Lord give them knowledge of you but God not just knowledge let them walk with you and talk with you we don't know but what we do know is what God is doing today and it's up to you and I to live a life as a just man or a just woman as a just father or a just mother is anybody going to help me tonight I'm talking about saying amen at church and saying hallelujah and glory to God you want your children to raise be raised up and sit on the church pew like a knot on a log. You sit like a knot on a log. But if you want them to really get in, you've got to get in. You are laying the foundation for your children. Your children are blessed after you. They're going to be what you are. Bad as bad as that may seem. How many of y'all look around? How many of y'all look at your life and see your mother, your father in it? Why is that? Because your life was built as a byproduct of theirs. Amen. Are you listening? Are you? Is it? I'm listening. Right. I'm trying to tell you this evening that it's important, Brother Caleb, that we stay faithful and just and right with God. It's important because what your children see in you is what they're going to do. This man's a just man. He walketh in his integrity and his children are blessed after him. But then I want you to look at the man worth following. Look at verse 8. The man worth following. The Bible said a king that sitteth in the throne of judgment scattereth away excuse me 
<coughs> all evil with his eyes. A king that sitteth in the throne of judgment scattereth away all evil with his eyes. One commentator, Matthew Henry, said this about this verse. He said, number one, the character of a... This is the character of a good governor, a good king. He is a king that deserves to be called so, who sits in the throne not as the throne of honor to take his ease and to take state upon him and oblige men to keep their distance. Listen to what he says. But he takes his throne as a throne of judgment that he may do justice, give redress to the injured, and punish the injurious who makes his business his delight and loves no pleasure comparably to it. He goes on to say, this is a man who does not uh, devolve the whole care and trouble upon others but takes recognition of affairs himself and sees with his own eyes as much as may be. He says this secondly, the happy effect of a good king. The presence of the prince goes far towards the putting of wickedness out of his countenance. If he inspect his affairs, if he inspect his affairs himself, those that are employed under him will be kept in awe and restrained from doing wrong. If great men be good men and will use their power as they may in all, what good may they do and what evil may they prevent? I thought that was tremendous. In other words, this man, this man is a man worth following. Solomon said, "A king that sitteth in the throne of judgment scattereth away all evil with his eyes." In other words, of the just man, in chapter numbers, verse number seven, he'll leave something to come. But the but the man worth following, in verse number eight, he's making an impact right now. The king that sitteth in the throne of judgment scattereth away all evil with his eyes. How many of y'all know the Bible said where the word of the king is there is power. Can I say a king is a leader. He's not a follower. He's in charge. A king is being the example and the illustration and the definition of a certain type of character or creed. And men will follow the leadership of a king. I want to ask you a question tonight. Are you a Christian worth following? Can people at work do what you're doing? Act how you're acting. Go where you go. Live what you live. Say what you say. Think what you think. Taste and drink what you drink. Are you listening to me? Why is it so hard preaching here tonight? Y'all went to bed. Really trying to help you. Man worth following. You know what the Bible said about this king? It said that he sitteth in the throne of judgment. So he's the judge. Because of that, the Bible said, he scattereth away all evil with his eyes. In other words, Brother Bob, he's not a hypocrite. He's not going to participate in things that he's going to condemn others for. He's not a state trooper that does 130 on the interstate but pulls you up for doing 73. Come on, somebody. Are you listening? He's not, he's not one of them that, that make the rules and the same rules he makes, he breaks and then condemns everybody for that. No, 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 no. This king sits on the throne of judgment to judge as a righteous judge and he can do so because he scattereth all evil away from his eyes. 
Now, I could preach a hundred different things out right here. But I wonder, are you a man or a woman worth following? I mean, can, 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 can people really look at your life? Can, can people in this church follow you as a leader? And by the way, somebody's got to be a leader. Are you listening? If we's all gathered in here together and we's on the same level and nobody was ahead of somebody else spiritually, we'd be in trouble. Sometimes I get frustrated with, with, with people and decisions and things that they say or do or the way they act. But at the end of the day, God always reminds me they're not where you are and they're not supposed to be. Uh, can I say tonight, uh, I really want to try uh, to be able to lead you by example. Now I'll fail you. I'm done tell you, I've done failed you many, many times. And I'm not perfect. But one thing I want, I'm striving to do is be a man worth following. Amen. 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 If you ain't got a preacher worth following, you don't need to have, you need a different preacher. Man. Are you listening to me? Right. You know what God said you're supposed to do with the pastor, don't you? Yeah. Well, follow him. Amen. He's giving the directions to me, and I'm just fulfilling his plan and all behind me. Right. Amen. Right. That's how this thing works. Amen. You know what I've got to be? A man worth following. Brother Shelby, you want to get in the jails? I got to think about this and I study this. God may be still preparing you so then men can really follow you. You can't get on their level. Are you listening? Are you listening? You can't get on their level. It's hard as a leader to keep that standard all the time because your flesh don't want to. How do you know that? I am one. Yeah, that's right. I am one. Huh? I am one. What do you got to be, Deacon? You got to be a leader. Miss Megan, you got to be a leader. Brother Dax and Miss Amanda are leaders. Miss Shelby, Brother Chris, Miss Kayla, and Christina, leaders. Miss Geneva is a leader. A mom, a leader. A dad, a leader. There's other leaders. Are you listening? We have got to be worth following. Amen. You cannot stoop down on the level of people that are not spiritual. You cannot get down on the level of people that are not mature. You cannot allow yourself to creep into a popularity contest and lose the power that God has given you. Amen. I'd rather have this power as I would popularity. Oh yes. At the end of the day, it don't matter how many of y'all give me a thumbs up. He's the one going to read the record book. He's the one going to open the Bible and judge my life. He's going to open the book of my works, whether they be good or bad, and try them by fire. I'm not interested in trying to build a crowd or a following. I'm trying to build a church and lead by example of what the Word of God says to do. I love what Matthew Henry said about that. You know, it's a whole lot easier to lead when you can lay your head down at night knowing that what you've told everybody else to do, you're doing. Yeah. Do you know how many times that I went home and laid down and the Lord laid down right beside me and said, well, you preached that good today but you ain't been living. Come on, somebody. Oh, yeah. 
It was good. It was good instruction you gave them. That was my word, but it probably be a real good idea for you not just tell everybody else, but but take my advice for yourself. What's a good king? What's a, what's a man worth following? What will he do? Apparently, evil has a whole lot to do with being a man that's not worth following, because he scattereth all evil. Look here now. Away from his eyes. You tell you what these little boogers will do to you? They'll mess your heart up, fellas. They'll mess your mind up. These are little gates. And what you let in, these little gates here, this little gate here, and here, affects everything about you. You don't know how you operate? Two things tell on you. Your mind and your heart. You ever heard somebody talk, talk about somebody had stinking thinking? Why is it that your mind is always on the extreme side of things? Why y'all are you either 100% hot or 100% cold or you're either way high or way low? There's no common ground and mindset in your life. What are you doing? I'm pastor. Going to do it. You either come in shouting or you come in sobbed up sitting in a corner somewhere. There's no happy medium. You know what that tells me? Y'all heard them, y'all heard them other preachers growing up, didn't you? They said that, that the mind was the devil's. Oh, that's right. Preached a message one time about the devil's attacks on our minds. Why do you reckon God said in His Word, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Why is it that we're called and commissioned to have the mind of Christ? Because if you don't think like Christ and you don't think spiritually, you're thinking carnally and you'll think based off your feelings and your emotions and your and all these things and it'll mess you up. And I'm going to tell you at the end of the day, you ain't worth following. You don't know why so many people are inconsistent spiritually? Brother Dax, you, you've been around a long time. You know I'm telling this right. You want to know why so many people are so inconsistent spiritually? They don't know how to think spiritually. What, what's that go to? They've let their eyes dictate too much of their life. This ain't always just lust. This is looking out over people that's been done wrong. This is seeing all the Pharisees in the church and not the yeah. faithful. Come on, somebody. This is looking over and focusing and seeing the hypocrite, but not looking at the good Christian that's been loyal and faithful. I'm telling you what your mind is, uh, what your eyes see is what your mind thinks. Thinking, your heart condition. All problems stem from a spiritual problem. I've preached that from day one. Are you listening? Man, it's like it's like cutting wax in here tonight with a butter knife. Can I tell you tonight? You ought to be a man worth following. Now, I'm gonna preach whether y'all get behind me or not. It don't make me no difference. I was preaching before most of you came. I'll be preaching right after you leave. Amen. That's what God called me to do. And this ain't this ain't I know this ain't a shouting message, and I know this ain't one everybody gonna get up and run around and shout on, but I'm here to tell you something. Listen, you know what amen means? It means I agree. And if you don't agree with this, you got problems. 
It goes a long way just to say amen. Amen. I say at other churches I go to, y'all ain't, you're going to quit on me, I quit on you. But I don't mean it. Amen. I'll tell them that, but I don't mean it. I ain't quit. No, sir. People quit on me, I'll raise hell until they get with me or get out. Amen. Because I need somebody to, to understand this thing ain't about us. When I just said bother some of y'all, and you can't tell me nothing, I've said the whole night, but you know what I just said just now. Why is that? You say what you want to say. That's right. You're picking and choosing. That's right. Let me tell you something. If I were to take a survey and ask everybody in here to tell me three things I said this morning, it'd probably embarrass them. But if I ask you where your favorite rock concert back in the 80s was held and what song was number one on their album, you could tell me. Why is that? Because we think, we desire, we look with our flesh more than we do our spirit and the Holy Ghost of God that lives within us. Why is it some of y'all been saved and ain't drank a beer and ain't went to a concert 45, 50, 60 years, but you remember everything about that, but you, we sing, we sing, uh, we sing in the sweet forever about twice a week and you can't tell me a verse of it. Why? I'm going to tell you why. Because our bodies are made up of this old flesh and we sow more to our flesh than we do our spirit. It's a decision that you make. That book, it'll transform your mind. It sure is. Washing of the water by the word. He's preaching. Are you listening? How are you going to hold on and be more like Christ? You've got to protect yourself from seeing all the evil. You've got to guard your mind. How are you going to be somebody worth following? You've got to walk in the Spirit. You've got to live in the Spirit. You've got to serve in the Spirit. You've got to sing in the Spirit. You've got to worship in the Spirit. You've got to preach in the Spirit. You've got to witness in the Spirit. Somebody going to help me tonight? I mean, you've got to have God, neighbor. Without Him, we're nothing but dust. Uh, but with him, all things are possible and all things are good with him. A man worth following. This king, people could have their comp- put their confidence in him because they looked at him and said, well, one thing about it, he's a holy man. He escheweth evil. He don't look upon the appearance of evil. He's a man worth following. Then lastly, and we're not going to end, this is the last of the nine. I want you to look in verse number nine. <clears throat> Who can say? My, my, my. First of all, if you qualify right there, if you write in your Bible, in parentheses, I'd write M-E and circle it beside that verse. Who can say I have made my heart clean? I am pure from my sin. I'd write me and then beside it in another parenthesis I'd write because of Him. Amen. We can say that, Deacon. Because oh, yeah. it ain't what we've done to make ourselves clean or pure. It's what He done for our sin and with our sin because of our sin. 
Here is the man. We've looked at the man of folly and the man of foundation, all these other. But this is the man of forgiveness, or this is a forgiven man. Who can say, I have made my heart clean? Was there anybody here tonight that can say that? Is there anybody here that can say, I am pure from my sin? Through Him, oh yeah. Through Him, I am, I, I am clean and I am pure from my sin. Ain't nothing you done. Let me tell you something, it was not that prayer you prayed at salvation. You realize your prayer ain't enough. Without the pardon, the prayer is useless. There is no pardon without the, without, or excuse me, there is no prayer without the pardon. You ain't even got nothing to pray for. Thank God there was a pardon and a price that was paid that made me free and made me clean and made me pure. May I ask you again, out of the nine, which testimony, which one of the nine is thine? Uh, uh, can I say this is the last? Uh, but to me, I believe uh, this is where it all starts, Deacon. It's last in the list of nine, but this is where it all starts. You're not going to be a just man. You're not going to be a faithful man. You can't be none of that without being a forgiven man. You cannot be a man worth following. You cannot be a man of understanding. You cannot be a man of instruction and wisdom. You can't have none of it until your sin's dealt with. I don't care how many church services you sit in. Are you listening? I don't care how many times that you memorize the Lord's Prayer. I don't care if you can quote Psalm 23 by heart. John 3.16. I don't care if you've preached a sermon or sermons. Are you listening? That's exactly right. Can preachers get saved? I've seen a bunch of them. How's that work out? Well, can't really explain all that to you, but I know a few more I believe need to get in. Amen. Who can find that forgiven man? Right. Can, you, can I say this? Until you get forgiven, you ain't going to be faithful. Right. You want to know why people struggle with going to church? Because they're not a part of it. Right. I ain't talking about a name on the membership role. I'm talking about the church. Yeah, in his body. That's his right. Are you listening? Yes, sir. Y'all listening? I'm going to keep asking until you at least act like you are. Are y'all listening? Oh, yes. I'm talking about who can find a faithful man. Well, it starts with finding forgiveness. It starts at the cross. It starts on the altar. It starts with admitting to God, I cannot do it alone. And forgive me. What? I've been contemplating this. Why in the world would anybody not want to be forgiven? Y'all seen the, everybody's been keeping up with Kyle Rittenhouse. I have been. And I seen his reaction. And they said, we have, we the jury have found Kyle H. Rittenhouse not guilty. On one charge. And then it said on the second charge, the jury has collectively agreed, agreed that Kyle H. Rittenhouse is not guilty. And every time they'd say not guilty, you could see a little more. He's anticipating. You realize just one of them ruled as homicide. He's in jail for the rest of his life. They could have dropped all of them at one. He's done. We find 
Last but not least, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. Amen. He starts shaking and quivering and almost collapses. And he looks and I, he embraced his he embraced his lawyer. And his lawyer was, it's okay, calm down. What happened? You know what happened? He looked at his situation. He looked at his scenario. And it could have went the other way. Fact is, y'all don't need to say that he was this or that. We wasn't there. You don't know. Quit being a man and shut up. Mind your business. I really believe he was defending himself, but that don't matter. At the end of the day, he found out I have been forgiven. I'm clean. I'm pure. I've got life. I've got life. I've got life again. You know what they'd have done, don't you? They'd put him in an electric chair. Oh, yeah. They'd have put him on death row. And they found him guilty of just one. Let me tell you all something. Maybe, God help us, maybe we can get at least a little happy right here. There's coming a day. See, the devil, the Bible says the accuser. Are y'all listening? That's right. That uh, that other attorney defending the the three that he shot and killed uh, in Kenosha, you know everything he was doing, don't you? He's bringing all the accusations. Well, Kyle Rittenhouse didn't legally have a right to a gun. Yes, he did. Well, Kyle Rittenhouse should have never been there. Should have never done that. He was there for his family. Kyle Rittenhouse this. Kyle Rittenhouse could have avoided. There was other ways. He was accusing, accusing. Accuser. And the jury sat back and they heard from the accuser. Somebody, if y'all don't get happy right here, I'm throwing a songbook at you. But then once the accuser was done making his case, Kyle H. Rittenhouse's advocate. That's what he is. Stood up and said, Judge, I would like to make a case for my accuser. He took Everything they had said about him and proved it was justified. Let me tell you something. There's coming today, shall we? Oh, yeah. We're going to stand before God. The books were open. He ain't going to judge our sin. Come on, you don't know why? It's gone. It's already gone. You know, right now, the Bible said when, when the devil went and uh, began to discuss uh, uh, about Job with God, the, the Bible said that the Lord looked at him and said, From whence comest thou? And he said, From walking to and fro in the world seeking whom I may devour. He still got access to the judge. Amen. And every day, you know what he's doing, Isaac? Your middle name, uh, W. T, you're with me. Just, just today, I believe the devil walked in and said, Judge, I didn't have a word. All right? Who's in the battle? Isaac T. Talby. Before he could even get his words out, the accuser, I believe our advocate stood up. Right beside the judge. And he said, hold on a second, Judge. I've got his account right here. 
I've got every one of his sins. Here they are. And he rolls out and lists the sins. And he says, all right, which one has not been paid for? And I believe with all my heart, the Lord Jesus can look at the judge and look at the accuser and say, it's all been paid for. It's paid in for. There ain't a one, my friend, that the blood of Jesus did not wash away. There's not one that can't be clean. There's not one that ain't made pure. It's all well because of the blood. I'm glad tonight to be a forgiven man. Y'all remember when I preached that message? I got a bunch of these made up. Got some other ones somewhere. They're at home. But I'm going to give some of y'all these because if you're saved, I think you need a reminder. Amen. Brother Sean, y'all wasn't here. So I'm going to give you some. Here's your receipt. Every time the devil comes by and tries to accuse you and make you feel worthless or like you don't deserve something, look at it. You know what it says? From the Lord Jesus Christ, paid in full. For what? Rent? No. For your sin. And the accounts, the blood, it's paid in full. The balance due is zero. From the Lord to you by Jesus Christ. For there is but one God, one mediator. Between God and men, it is the man, Christ Jesus. Amen. But Caleb, the Lord's going to come by and accuse you. Or excuse me, the devil. He's going to come by and, and, and accuse you. I ain't got enough for everybody. I'll bring something good to you. You ain't got enough. Give you one, Mr. Shell. Or you. Don't matter. You know what you need to do? Look here. How many of y'all got your little ones? See, Brother Bob, Mr. Nick, you have yours? You usually do. I got mine somewhere. Another must be my other Bible. I got some printed up and laminated. So some of you, I'll get you some nice ones. I ain't got mine. But you know what it says? Paid in full. Amen. That old accuser is going to come by. He's going to bring up all your sin. But if you've ever been saved, you know what you can say? I've been made clean from all my sin. Amen. I've been made pure. Man, are you a forgiven man? You're a forgiven woman. This is really where I want to camp because like I said, I've got a whole bunch of stuff to say if you are forgiven, how you ought to be. Right. How you ought to live. Characteristics that follow being pardoned. You know what Kyle H. Rittenhouse was? The word that everybody's using on the news is acquitted. Ultimately, means the exact same thing. He has been pardoned. In other words, yes, the deed was done, but it was justified. Y'all ain't getting that. <laughs> Declared righteous. Declared righteous. In other words, yes, there's a crime. It looks like done, but it has been declared righteous. Can I say we are in this old flesh? We don't look like much. We still look like that old person. We still, we still uh, have the characteristics. Some of us still have the scars of sin. But there's coming a day where the advocate is going to stand in our place and declare us righteous before the judge. I've been made clean and pure. I like what my Bible says. You better hold on to every word. Look, look what it says. Who can say I? 
have made my heart clean. I am pure from my. See how personal the Lord is right there? You can put beside that me. Who can say I can? Because of Him. Let me ask you something tonight. We'll pick back up Wednesday and I'll preach on what it means to be a forgiven man. What you ought to do about it. You shouldn't just say it. I said it this morning. You shouldn't just come in and say it on your blessed assurance. Because you've been forgiven. There's a whole bunch of people around you that haven't. And they can be. All you got to do is tell them how good Jesus is. Live a life that shows them He's made a change in you. And guess what? They're going to reach a time in their life where they say, you know what? I don't have what they have. I'd like to have it. And they'll come to Jesus. He'll save them. He'll clean them. And He'll make them pure from all their sin. Who can say that tonight? I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes this evening. I'm done. I know it wasn't much, but I'll give you my best. Nobody's looking around. I wonder tonight, is there anybody here that says, Preacher, I can't write me beside verse 9. Who can say, I have made my heart clean. I am pure from my sin. I can't say that, Preacher. I've never, never, my sin's never been washed in His blood. I've never trusted Christ. I'm lost. Let me tell you, the only thing you've got to do is trust Him by faith that He done exactly what He said He would do on that cross. That He will forgive you and make you clean and make you pure and make you whole. He'll do it. Is there anybody here that says, I need Him to do that for me? Brother Josh, would you pray for me? I need Him to wash my sin away. Make me pure and put me in the family of God. Anybody, raise your hand right back down. Won't come to you, embarrass you, nothing. Just want you to admit you're lost. God already knows. That first step's hard because at that point, you've admitted it, then God's going to ask you to do something about it. That's why people don't like admitting it. But there's folks in here that are lost. Let me ask you something. You willing to die without the advocate pleading your case for you? Because if you die unsaved and you die lost, there is no advocate. There is nobody. Your sin is your sin. And you will pay the penalty of sin, which is death, in the lake of fire, which is the second death. Can I say tonight, you don't have to. You don't have to die that way. If you're not careful, You'll reject God one too many times and you'll die lost and you'll go straight to a literal burning hell. There's no excuse for you. Jesus has paid the price on the cross of Calvary. Who can say, I have made my heart clean. I am pure from my sin. Let me say this to you church, those who are saved. If you can say that, I might would take just a few moments tonight and come gather in these altars and thank Him. It sure is good to know that I'm a Christian. It sure is good to know my sin is gone. It's good to know that I've been made clean and I'm pure. Not because of anything I've done, just because I've accepted what He done for me in my place, on my behalf. When God looks at me, He don't see me. He sees His own Son. I've been covered and cleansed by His blood. I've been converted, changed for eternity because of the blood. I want to ask you tonight,
If you were to die, would you be able to say the same thing? Let's all stand, brother. Eric gets a song. Heads are bowed, eyes are, eyes are closed. If you're here tonight and you're lost, you're playing a dangerous game with God. You're playing a dangerous game. I'm just telling you that because I want you to know. You're playing a very dangerous game with God. Because in your mind, He's going to give you that chance sometime else. But you might not make it back to church Wednesday night. They may have you in a graveyard somewhere. And if they do, you die in your condition. You're going to hell. I don't know how else to tell you. Just tell you, without Christ, you will go to hell. He loves you enough. He did everything He could possibly do to keep you from going. He took your sin. He bore it on His own. He died for it. Shed His blood. So you could be made free. Saying of God, when's the last time you really thanked Him for saving you? Oh, He's been good to us. He's been real good to us. He said, "Came if you need to come, you come on."